Welcome to the CXM Experience. It's our Monday show. And today we have Neha, the breath yogi. All right. Do you like our new intro music, Neha? What do you think? Pretty cool, <laughs> yeah, I right? I love it. Very mellow. I like the whole okay. vibe Very going. Mellow. Very mellow. Yeah, okay, good. Good choice. All right. Okay. So let's, let's get into this discussion. So what I wanted to do today is this is a whole brand new segment. We had an amazing segment with you last week where you gave us your background and your story. And, and I got to tell you, I got some amazing reactions from people. And I want to thank you for being so transparent and open and, and sharing so much. It, it means a lot to people because it makes it very easy for others to identify with you when they know your journey. And, and we always tend to not understand other people's journeys that much. It's, it's very easy to mm-hmm. forget they were all on on difficult journeys, and so that was I was an amazing experience for me and and for many of the people listening to the CXM experience. And so, you know, experience is not just about buying stuff online, right? Experience is about the whole kind of panoply of you know, all the different things that you do in life and all the different ways you do it. And I want to talk a little bit today about the experience of of breathing, of being present, uh, and of mindfulness. And these are all things that have become very popular topics in the corporate world and, and in the personal world, um, particularly in the last decade and especially in the last few years, and I'd say uh, very critically in the last year. Um, so I want to tell you my own story for a sec, if you don't mind, just kind of how yeah. I got into it. And then um, and then, and then I want to, I, I know you've got some very strong points of view on breathing and just, just could we just breathe properly would be sort of the, <laughs> sort of the selling line on that one. And then we'll get into a little bit about how to start thinking about that. And we're going to do some exercises together and then we're going to go from there. So uh, I have been sort of off and on uh, meditating for probably um, about 22, 23 years. And, uh, and I started in the late nineties, uh, and a period of my life that was extremely chaotic. Uh, I had two very small children. My wife at the time was, uh, very busy with some stuff in her career. I was running, um, a startup. It was lots of terrifying moments <laughs> as <laughs> there are always in any startup. And, mm-hmm. um, and there was just a lot going on and, and I, and I started to kind of, you know, kind of felt like stack overflow, you know, just, it was just, it was just mm-hmm. the, the, the cup was full and liquid kept pouring into it. And so, so I ended up sort of, I saw a bunch of my friends because there was a group of us all kind of of similar vintage, all going through pretty similar things. Like, you know, it was not, I wasn't like suffering from anything unusual. And a lot of them were turning to uh, antidepressants. And Paxil was a really big one at the time. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Uh, I guess Xanax was starting to come on the scene and a bunch of other these things. And and all these friends of mine were all essentially kind of drugging themselves all the time. And I just, I really didn't want to go down that path. And a couple of my friends became, you know, raging alcoholics, uh, Mm. which is not particularly a good way to go either. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm not judging. I'm just Mm. saying that wasn't for me. Mm. And, and so, and so just like, there's, there's gotta be a better way. And that's where I started getting into meditation. And I, and I, I would say I was like, okay at it, uh, for, for a while. And I did find that breathing helped me a lot in moments of stress. And the thing that was maybe most powerful for me was understanding the physical reality of panic attacks Mm. and that essentially um the way it was taught to me is that 
you uh, sense danger and it, it, you know, we're trained obviously to sense danger from a primitive stage. So it's like a large animal's chasing you is kind of the, the brain's sort of limbic response. Right. Um, but we sense danger in that, you know, there's business danger or there was stress on, I'm going to be presenting danger or whatever. And then, um, and then, uh, we start to breathe more because we're trying to get more oxygen in our system because we're getting ready to run or fight, mm-hmm. uh, probably mm-hmm. run, but <laughs> most, most people are runners, <laughs> Usually some are, some are fighters, but most mm-hmm. are people are runners. So, and so you're, that's why you get that tingling feeling in your extremities because blood is being pulled into the major organs and you start to accelerate your breathing. And what essentially happens is you essentially start to hyperventilate and then you create an over oxygenation in your blood. And that once your blood is over oxygenated, it releases adrenaline and adrenaline lasts 20 minutes. And once that adrenaline release happens, you just, there's nothing you can do. You just got to ride that pony all the way into town <laughs> and, and you just got to get, get through it. But once you sort of understand all these sort of functions and what's going on, became a little easier to go, oh, okay, that's the adrenaline going in. I'm just going to have to like just deal with that. And uh, I was doing a lot of speaking and a lot of presentations. And occasionally I would get up there and be like, oh, damn, this is going to be a really awkward and uncomfortable presentation. But, you know, I'll get through it because I learned that if you can control your breathing and stop hyperventilating, you create a more balanced oxygenation in your pH balances. And then, you know, you, you won't have a second adrenaline release and you don't kind of cascade. So that's kind of like my sort of technical look at it. It didn't get really good for me. So I worked, I worked at it and worked at it, worked at it for years. And I'd say I got mm. to a point where I was always able to manage any issue, but just it always work. And then I learned to die. So my youngest daughter is a marine biologist and she wanted to learn to dive pretty young. She got her paddy card when she was 12. And then, and then she, so I went through classes with her and then uh, learned to dive and got my paddy card not too long after she did. And when I was being taught to dive, uh, one of the worst things that can happen to you diving is having a panic attack under the water. Mm, yeah. For obvious reasons. Okay. And so, and, and there's a lot of stuff going on when you're under the water. There's, there's the, an element of claustrophobia because you're like literally under the water and you're, you look up and you sometimes can see the, the ocean top, but you know, 30, 50 feet, pretty down there. Uh, number two, there are dangers underwater. So you're being surprised by things that can be, can be hazardous. And then number three, you're breathing very unusually because you're breathing into it with a tank. And then you're breathing out through a regulator with these bubbles. And so the instructor's like, if there's one thing that you do well in diving, you've got to breathe properly. You literally can die. You can kill yourself if you're not breathing properly. And so the technique of breathing is you breathe in three. Mm-hmm. Breathe in. I know you do this sort of, you do slightly different numbers, but three in, and then you breathe out five. Mm-hmm. If you breathe in three and you breathe out five, you can never hyperventilate because you're always expelling more, theoretically, expelling more than you're bringing in. Obviously, it's not quite true, but that's the way you sort of mentally sort of frame it. So whenever I meditate, whenever you see me meditating with you, uh, what I'm doing is I'm actually doing three and five, and I'm imagining myself underwater, which I would also say that diving is the most meditative thing I've ever done. And once I started diving and started being able to like be at the bottom of the ocean, uh, that was that suddenly created for me a place of peace and rest and sort of a happy place that I could always go back to. And so I can switch that on in 10 seconds and uh, and go there really quick. And I just and I, that that was a huge breakthrough for me. Uh, so when I started working with you, I sort of I noticed you were kind of doing the same idea, which is 
breathe in less than you breathe out. And so I know you're sort of working on the same thing, but I wanted to share that with you. You can react or not react to it. You can tell me that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Or <laughs> you can say, oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you, if you really hate it, you know, I'll, I'll edit it out. <laughs> no, no, no. First of all, you know, I love the ocean. I feel like uh, some of my mo- my most lucid and, you know, like deep moments have also been on the ocean i just like love it and somehow i always find myself like greece is one of my favorite destinations like i could Mm. like they have a like it's just something about the ocean is so energizing deeply energizing and it's just calming and if you're underwater the noise sort of just you know fizzles away and so i relate to that like when you go like you know when you find your meditative space underwater i hear you like that's for me too but above and (laughs) inside water but a few things you know and we talked about my journey right and it pertains to that because all of that that I went through forced me to find a logical explanation and not really like a you know a woo-woo so to speak so I've had to kind of like I, I've almost had to have like a scientific approach to all of the things that I've finally come to say, okay, this is working. Right. So I was like, okay, forget about spirituality, forget about religion, forget about meditation, because I don't think people really understand what meditation is. And, you know, like one day I will meet the maker of Headspace and I'm so glad that he did what he did. And because a lot of credit goes to them for like, you know, apps like Headspace and Calm that have made meditations and mindfulness mainstream, Mm. but you don't know what you don't know, right? It's a lot of folks are doing mindfulness and they think they're doing meditation. Interesting. Interesting. And mindfulness, by the very definition of mindfulness is you have to put effort. Okay. So... I meet people on a daily basis. They'll come and be like, okay, you know, I tried the app and the moment I close my eyes, my mind's getting bombarded with a million thoughts. Right, okay. Right. And, and I can't do it. Like, it's so hard. Like grad, I've been on trainings. Okay. You're, this is, this is a person who's committed to teaching people who can't keep their eyes closed for one minute because they're thinking they're doing meditation, but what they're really doing is mindfulness. So I love it that everybody wants to meditate, but maybe there's like, you know, the details have got lost. So I was like, okay, this is too confusing. It's hard to explain everyone. Then let's just like do the basic, you know, and the thing that is keeping us alive, what's the difference between a dead person and then a, a person who's alive? is the person who's alive is breathing. It, it, it can't be more simple than that. Like, yeah, because the dead people are voting. So they're all basically, that's <laughs> yeah, the same. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just, from our <laughs> QAnon episode, but in case our QAnon. Yeah, so dead alive, the, the dead, dead aren't breathing. I get that. That's that. Okay. That's that makes sense. Yeah. The voting is a separate <laughs> conversation, but uh, they could vote probably, but they're definitely not breathing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just because you're not breathing doesn't mean you can't vote for god's sakes get out there everybody <laughs> okay i don't know if i would lead with that but the point is if you are alive you're breathing that's how fundamental breathing is to our life okay it's a good point you're right like when you stop breathing is essentially when life stops that's the that's that moment 
Exactly. Mm. It, and and I'm fascinated. You know, the person who won the Nobel uh, Prize for medical medicine in 2017, they discovered biorhythms. In 2017, the Nobel Prize for medicine went to somebody who discovered um, different biorhythms. And the science of yoga and Ayurveda has been professing the use of biorhythms since 6,000 years ago. Wow. So, like my parents um, in the 70s had this plastic device that was like a biorhythm machine. And they used to, like, I can't remember what they were doing with it, but every day they would check their biorhythm. It was like a real <laughs> mid 70s kind of like thing, you know? But, but that's, that's interesting. I did, not, I did not know that about the Nobel Prize. That is very cool. So, yeah, it's a, the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, as I was trying to figure out, like, why am I on this planet? Like, why? Like, my life is not normal from any angle. What the? What's the purpose of me being on this planet? And I realized that it's to bring the ancient knowledge forth in a way that's accessible to people. Okay, that's accessible to every human being, irrespective of their background, their culture, their race, their beliefs. And that's how I landed on the breath because if you're a human and you're alive, you're breathing, and if you look deeply into it, what's the first thing a baby does when they're born? Mm, start crying. Even before they cry, they breathe in yeah, and they then they start have to crying. Breathe, right, yeah. right. Interesting. And the last thing you're going to do as you leave this planet is you're going to breathe out. So this whole phenomena we call life mm. is between the first breath in and the last breath out. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> it's deep. It's deep. It's intense. Oh <laughs> I'm a bit much for a Monday morning, but okay, keep going. I, I get you. No, I, you can you can edit it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not taking that out. That's awesome. We don't edit this show. Um, okay. But the uh, but you know, and you're right. Even just the concept of your last breath is a well understood concept. You know, taking your last breath, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, great point. Yeah. So my point is like, just keep it simple, okay? Let's make it simple. Let's not get, make it any complicated. If you can breathe, and now like, I mean, I beg to kind of like, you know, there was a little bit of a, when, as you were talking about the science of it, actually when you deep, you breathe deeply, you stimulate your vagus nerve. The vagus nerve stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system which then kicks in with the rest and digest response. And the opposite of it is what you were talking about, the flight and fight. But actually what is happening in the fight and flight is the blood is not going to the major organs. It's being taken away from the major organs and into your extremities. Wow, interesting. So the first thing that happens when you're under fight and flight is your immune system gets suppressed. Your sex hormone production gets suppressed. Your, you know, like ev blood is pulled from ev everybody just gets the minimum supply and most of it goes towards the extremities because you need all the energy you can in your limbs to run. to run away. Okay. So that is why stress is the underlying cause of chronic diseases today. We all know that, right? Like uh, immune system dysfunction is a major cause of a lot of the diseases because a lot of people are stressed and when you're under stress your immune function gets suppressed okay so 
if you can breathe better you can stimulate your vagus nerve and over time strengthen that response and then you can calm down with the rest and digest and then you know the blood get circulated better and you can come you know you can immu- improve your immunity and all of that so even physiologically even for folks who are not interested in the deep philosophical aspect of it if you are alive you're breathing and somehow we like complicated things and we kind of like you know we want to know the most complex thing but if we can just get the basics right we'd be far like i wish there was a class in every college and every school that taught people the importance of breathing wow. like that's interesting huh. like cuz people are trying to advocate for like financial you know financial training like how how to balance your checkbook and stuff like that but you're saying breathing is just so fundamental cuz i guess your basic point is people aren't generally breathing properly no i mean on an average a human being is barely using 30% of their lung capacity wow and 60% of our energy requirement is met like what how do you how do the cells make like give you energy on a cellular level oxygen is required for cellular respiration 70% almost 60 to 70% of our body's toxins are excreted through the breath if you want to lose weight if you want to lose 10 kg of weight about 8 to 8.5 kg is you have to breathe it out because fat gets metabolized into carbon dioxide wow and and and, and has to be like you have to breathe it out and now can you imagine like and i'm like i'm not trying to judge anyone but the different methods of like you know there's the allopathic system the western medicine and then there's the eastern medicine and the western medicine is great you need it my father's a doctor my brother's a surgeon my mother was a doctor so we have a hospital okay it's really good for acute you got a carcinoma you got to get it operated right you're having a headache here's a medicine but it doesn't go into the root cause of why did that imbalance even happen in the first place mm. it's only now that we're talking about mental health and emotional health whereas the other approaches have always looked at human beings as a combination of physical mental and emotional health because our emotions determine the whole endocrine balance in our body which determine how the phys- physiology is going to behave that's right So so I'm I'm just going to throw this idea out there. You can take this yeah. for free. Like I'm not even like I don't even want like, I don't want <laughs> yeah. royalties like or that. anything, okay? So I'm just saying <laughs> okay. breathe your way to weight loss would be a killer title. Um I think I mean I mean honestly, I mean if really if you're if you could get people to start breathing as a way of being able to get their weight under control, I think that would fly off the shelves. and I can get you on Dr. Oz cuz he and I know him pretty well and he loved that. This would be this is great Dr. Oz material as well. Okay, so there's a few things. Okay, you do have to exercise because if you just oh, keep Oh, don't you ruining it now. No, because if you overbreathe then you can get dizzy. You know, you don't want to do that to yourself, right? Yeah, okay, so good, good, okay. What happens? All good things ex- can be overdone. That's I, yes. I get that one. Yeah, yeah, you know, so when you're exercising then the the 
the muscles are producing more carbon dioxide and that's what leads to more weight loss but you have to understand that there's a very deep emotional component to weight loss as well right and that's why a lot of people have a tendency to gain weight when they're going through hard things in life it, there is a huge connection between the state of your mind your eating and like i'm one of those people i gain weight when i'm going through a rough phase you know so i think if you can breathe better absolutely it's going to help you mentally emotionally physically and even if you're not spiritual even if you're not like religious you're a human being you're alive if you can just breathe better you can energize every single cell and i think fundamentally we have to understand that every organ in our body is just trying to keep us alive mm. okay the body is working 24/7 to give us an optimal experience so even when people develop disease states even things like cancer they're like okay you know you're not freaking bleeding well you don't have enough you don't you, there's some chemical imbalance here okay so this these cells are not needed anymore they're just taking up energy so on a very very fundamental level the body is trying to preserve itself and work for us in the most efficient way we can mm. and if we can just breathe better the blood becomes less viscous the heart has to work less mm. you will feel more energized you feel lighter and i think that's where there's a slight difference because this is also a question that i've been pondering about and we'll just take one example like michael phelps right i think he has the biggest lung capacity there can be humanly possible right and kudos to him for being the champion for talk space right like the therapy app he's been so open about very it very brave very brave he's yeah. very brave and it's something that a lot of athletes struggle with and i was like okay if it was just about lung capacity and there's no one breathing more deeply than him probably right like he's got a big lung capacity absolutely so how why is it not what's going on on the mental basis because if deep breathing is stimulating a parasympathetic nervous system then you know he should be feeling better and that's where i felt like the ancient the yogic science they figure it's about the rhythm in the breath it's about those biorhythms and it's about getting your mind in sync with the right rhythm hmm. well, okay that's that is very cool and uh and we're going to what i'm going to do today is let's take about 5 minutes mm-hmm. and and i know that this this by the way this background is fantastic and so we'll in the next week's Monday show we'll have the same thing we'll kind of maybe get into some of the biorhythm stuff i think that's super interesting to me um but what i'd like to be able to do is like what's a good kind of old fashioned sort of meat and potatoes basic breathing exercise what when you're starting someone you you meet someone you can tell that they're a little bit you know you know maybe not breathing properly etc uh, what's the way do you get them to start breathing properly how do you coach them up So there are two things. The first is I I'd love for them to do a quick test. Okay? What what's happening when they're breathing in? Is the stomach in, you know, expanding or is it contracting? So we want to make sure that they're breathing correctly. Mm. When you're breathing correctly, basically the air is coming into your lungs, 
the diaphragm is getting pushed down, which pushes the stomach out. Okay, so every time you're breathing in, okay, why don't we do it? Why don't we just do it? Brace your Let's right do it. Yeah. Not everybody's comfortable with that stomach out thing, by the way. That throws <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. Like, I know, I know it's like, I mean, it doesn't don't like have that very to be much. so dramatic, but it's the magic. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, okay, that's interesting. I've, uh... Yeah, no, I've, I've run into this before. We were doing something in one of, one of our corporate retreats, and, uh-huh. and it was uh, it was like a lot of people didn't want to like do that because they're like doing everything they could to hold their stomach in. <laughs> so, which may be one of the reasons why people aren't breathing properly because they're like you know, kind of holding themselves together all the time, right? So, I mean, and I don't make them push their stomachs out. I just this is just a test. We want to see what's going on with you, and then we'll do something very basic. One is called diaphragmatic breathing, and the other thing is called 16-second breath. The 16-second breath is okay. my favorite. It's right. like 16 seconds, and it's going to get you off to a good start. Okay, let's get going. Okay, ready so, to go. okay. so let's place the right palm on the stomach and left palm on the chest, and just sit easily and comfortably. And now just bring your attention to your breath. And just notice what's happening. Just become aware of your breath. What's happening as you're breathing in? Notice, is your stomach expanding? Yeah. Is I feel like chest it's mostly expand? chest for me right now. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. And now place your palms on the sides of your ribs, like on the sides of your lower ribs, the last three yeah. ribs. Right. And now just breathe. And notice if you're you're registering any movement. Interesting. Not I'm not moving those enough. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm kind of doing a shallow normal. sort of thin breath in the yeah. middle. I'm not really. So it's like you're a shallow breath. Like you're breathing very shallow right wow. Okay. Yeah. And relax. So we just want to quickly gauge where we are so that we can then monitor our, monitor our progress. And I'll give you a little secret. The, the key to breathing better is if you can exhale well, the inhalation. So if you're exhaling properly, now there's a vacuum in your lungs. The inhalation will just automatically happen. Okay. That, that okay. Sounds, yeah, good tip. Okay. So the key to breathing well is exhaling well. Okay. And you want to exhale for a little longer than we're inhaling. And we'll talk a little bit more about all of that. Like, I don't want to go into too much of that detail, but for this time, exhale for a little longer than you're inhaling. Yeah? Okay, so this is the 16-second breath we're going to do here? Yeah, we're going to do okay. the 16-second okay. breath Ready now. Ready to go. Okay. You can, and place your palms open to the ceiling, okay? okay. Uh, and relax the body. And now, on my count, through the nose, breathe in, two, three, four, till your collarbones lift up. Hold the breath in, two, Three, four, breathe out. Just pull your navel in, make your waist tiny. Breathe out for a little longer. Hold, two, breathe in, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four, breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six. Hold the breath out. Two, breathe in, two, Three, four, hold, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, five, six, hold the breath 
out. Two, breathe in. Let the air fill your belly. Breathe into the chest. Hold. Two, three, four. Breathe out. Pull the navel in towards the spine. Breathe out for a little longer. Hold. Two, last four rounds. Breathe in. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six. Hold. Two, breathe in. Let the air fill your belly. Breathe into the chest. Hold. Two, three, four. Breathe out. Pull the navel in. Breathe out for a little longer. Squeeze the air out. Hold. Two. Last two. Breathe in. Two. Three. Four. Hold. Two. Three. Four. Breathe out. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Hold. Two. Last one. Breathe in. Let the air fill your belly. Breathe into the chest till your collarbones lift up. Hold for the same amount of time. Then as you breathe out, pull the navel in. Breathe out for a little longer. Hold the breath out. Two and relax. Just keep your eyes closed for a microsecond. And now become aware of the state of your mind and the rhythm in your breath. Then you can slowly open the eyes when you're ready. Wow, that's so awesome. You're huh? so great. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I mean, people don't know this, but uh, every Tuesday, um, Neha actually does this exercise a little bit longer. Some other things you do as well uh, with our executive leadership team at Sprinkler. And um, I think it's one of the reasons why we've been able to have such productive meetings over the last was it a couple of years, I think, since you started. It's been amazing. So that yeah, was Fantastic. So for next week, we're going to do this again, and then we'll start yeah. digging in a little bit deeper on this breathing stuff. Uh, you know, everyone start thinking about breathing as being a way of making your life better and making your physical life better. And uh, Neha, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. I'm really looking forward to having you as our regular Monday kickoff guest. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, Grad, for like, I really appreciate you providing this uh, platform because, you know, like, I hope we can reach more people and everybody could breathe better, right? Like, Yeah, sounds like we can solve a lot of world problems. <laughs> yeah, we can just get people to breathe better. So thank you. All right. So okay, fun well, thank you. you. I'll see you next week. Uh, for the CXM Experience, this is Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler, and Neha, the Breath Yogi. And we will see you next time.